Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Welcome to the Content Experience Podcast. My name is Anna Hrock, and I'm here with the always fabulous Randy Frisch. Today, we're going to hear from two storytellers, Joe and Shane from Contently, and they're actually going to tell us not just how storytelling is important for brands, but the actual art and science behind us and a little bit behind their formula for how to be successful with storytelling. In fact, they're even going to preview a little bit about their new book, which gives marketers a guide on exactly how to do that. It's actually called the storytelling edge. But before we get into that, Randy, what are some of your thoughts on storytelling? It seems like every brand is out there today talking about storytelling and we know it's important, but what are some of the thoughts you have on it in terms of the experience that it creates? Yeah, and it it was a lot of fun having Joe and Shane come to talk about us. And it kind of reminded me how important storytelling is. I, I think sometimes we start to take it for granted because a lot of us get stuck in this mindset that as long as we're creating content, then we're filling that void. We're filling the role that we've been assigned as a content marketer or content creator or editor inside of our organization. But not to say that the, the days of doing that with ease are behind us. It's just it's becoming more competitive out there, right? I mean, it's, it's no longer that, you know, a few companies have figured out how to create content and have the blog. It's now every company is creating content. I, I mean, my own LinkedIn newsfeed these days, I go there and everyone's creating content. Everyone's posting content. So I think, you know, one of the things that I took from from Joe and, and Shane, and I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast now will take is what are some of the ways that we can kind of, you know, set ourselves aside? And, you know, like you and I say, that's part of delivering a better experience. Totally. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I definitely got that away too, is, you know, it's not, um, we know that more doesn't equal better, better equals better. But, you know, we talk about storytelling a lot, but we don't actually kind of get down into what it actually is or how we can replicate it for success. Absolutely. I I think one of the things that, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I always think about, and and I talk about this when when we were chatting with Joe and Shane, is this idea of the story arc, the classic story arc. It's, It's kind of what we find in a lot of Disney movies, right? It's, you know, think about Cinderella. Right. Cinderella was living in despair. Life was terrible. Evil stepsisters. And then here comes a fairy godmother. She comes. All of a sudden we have hope. And, you know, Cinderella's out at the ball. Everything's going well. Everything's going great. But then she loses the glass slipper and like everything kind of goes down again. We think life is over. And then all of a sudden we have this second climax where things get even better because the prince finds her with the glass slipper and everything is healed. I mean, it's a classic story arc. It's boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back, right? Or, you know, these days maybe girl finds boy. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but I think that's, that is a very basic recipe for 
things that we don't think enough about. We just think about putting out a post and not necessarily engaging someone through the post or through all of our content that we have. I, I don't know. Is that something that you've seen some of the clients that Convince to Convert work with try and focus more on these days? Oh, absolutely. Everybody is really focused on sort of, you know, what is that reason that people are going to stop and care? How can we actually talk to them and, you know, touch on some of the things that they want to hear and some of the things that they they want to read from us? And, you know, it's really interesting to have gone from, you know, sort of the days of, you know, SEO keyword stuffed content now down to the storytelling concept and, and really, you know, putting something out there that people can get hooked into. Absolutely. So speaking of getting hooked, I think everyone who listens to the content experience podcast is going to be hooked after they hear from Joe and Shane. So without further ado, let us have you have a listen to the podcast of the week. So Joe and Shane, thank you so much for joining us here on the content experience. I want to dig right into it. And first of all, I want to find out how two guys like you who love creating content, how do you work together? And and maybe make sure we understand who does what at Contently and how do you guys get along, assuming you get along? So there's this... Uh... Uh, the scene in Monty Python in one of their uh, their movies where there's the kind of the two headed man like there's a it's like a very big shirt with two heads coming out of it. Got it. And uh, and so what we do is we put on this big shirt like that and then we sit at a computer and I get the left hand and Joe gets the right hand and we type together and it uh, it kind of just flows out perfectly like that. I don't know Joe if you have anything to yeah and it's actually it's actually a counterintuitive technique because I'm actually left handed. <laughs> using our off hands, but allows us to tap into the full spectrum of our brains. Uh, and I don't know, it just works. Amazing. I, I hope everyone listening is now visualizing what the image is going to be that we're going to use with the blog post tied to this you know, podcast. It's going to be the most amazing artistic interpretation of you know the combination of Contently, the deadly combination, two-headed combination of Contently. Yeah, I can tell the real story is uh, as Joe and I met because uh, I had co-founded Contently with a couple of friends of mine, and pretty shortly into it, uh, Joe had started freelancing for us, and he quickly uh, kind of took over all of our best uh, clients that were talking about media and advertising, and uh, Joe and I ended up having like a regular, uh, so I didn't drink at the time. And uh, and Joe would ask if uh, if we could get drinks so we could talk about media and and content and and sort of nerd out. And so instead, because I didn't drink, uh, we would get pizza. So we had a monthly pizza date where we would just jam and we'd argue about you know platforms and this and that. And then uh, you know eventually we realized that we needed to hire Joe and make him in charge of our content. And uh, so I think kind of a shared love of the subject matter and uh, and a lot of time you know talking about this stuff and you know bouncing our stories off each other. It's kind of how, uh, I don't know, this nerdiness came about. Yeah, it was good times. You know, I'd walk out of every one of those meetings uh, full of ideas and also mildly nauseous because I'm kind of lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> that was really the gestation of this book uh, was, was that that aftermath. Yeah, and then I came on. Uh, I'd run a digital news site called The Faster Times Before This, jumped over to the, to the dark side of tech and content marketing, uh, but really because I love the subject. I was super interested in it and built our audience at Contently from, you know, a few thousand readers and a few thousand subscribers to, 
you know, almost a half million readers a month and hundreds of thousands of subscribers to our newsletter and our award-winning print magazine, Contently Quarterly, and just had a lot of fun doing what we preach, right? Using content, using great stories to deliver value to an audience, to build your brand, to connect with people. Um, and then eventually moved over to start uh, the client-side content strategy practice here, trying to take a lot of those lessons that we've learned and preached and bring it to our customers. Um, and this kind of working together, you know, writing a, a book, The Storytelling Edge, coming out February 5th together, was the result of wanting to share those secrets with the world, all the counterintuitive keys to storytelling um, that we found all the different data-driven ways to find exactly what your audience wants and deliver really good stories to them, not just mediocre crap they're going to ignore. Um, and we're super excited. That's awesome. And Shane, let me just give you that, that feeling from one co-founder of a company to another founder of a company, you know, contently an Uber flip here, like that pizza has definitely paid its ROI from the sounds of it. You know, like there's those things that we look back on and we're like, oh, thank God we picked up that bill, you know, because it just keeps giving. And it sounds like you guys have a great dynamic. I, what I'd love... Wait, wait, Shane was supposed to pick up that bill. I definitely paid for <laughs> as a freelancer. <laughs> Even better, better played, better played. Thank you, thank you. So maybe what we could do on this podcast for everyone listening in, a lot of our guests like to come and, and hear from people who, you know, as the podcast has been called in the past, content pros, listen to pros who have, you know, had that experience, understand how to achieve a, a real, you know, meaty part of content marketing strategy. And I think one of the areas you guys have a lot of experience with is not just content creation, because I think a lot of us have figured out how to create, but how to actually tell proper stories. And um, maybe you can give us some of the formulas that have worked well over the years for the two of you and many of the customers you work with at Contently. So this is where, you know, the reason that we, uh, you know, the book that Joe mentioned, The Storytelling Edge, um, this is where this book that we, uh, we just wrote uh, kind of comes into play. So over the last seven years, we've, as we've tried to, you know, educate the market on, content marketing and how to do it well, uh, we, we have also been educating ourselves. And so in the course of learning, you know, how to build relationships and make people care through content, you know, the thing that we settled on is, uh, is the thing that's become, you know, the big buzzword, I think, of the moment, which is that if you want to connect with people in a real way, you want to get them to care about what you have to say, storytelling is a very human way to do that. And, uh, and it's because this is, part of the fabric of, of humanity that, you know, we are built to share stories, to use stories to remember and to, you know, to convey information and, and also to build relationships with others. So what we have tried to focus on uh, in our own content marketing is to deliver the information uh, through stories so that people do remember, so they actually care. And, uh, and, you know, over the years, we've gotten better and better at it and, uh, and tried to kind of in a meta way, uh, interview great storytellers and learn their secrets and then incorporate that into what we're doing. And, and even though what we're, what Contently ultimately is selling is a, you know, a B2B marketing tech and sort of services product, which doesn't sound that, you know, entertaining or, or interesting on the face of it, uh, we've learned to, to tell some pretty good stories around that and, and kind of become a case study ourselves of, uh, of how, you know, using stories, you can make any topic uh, interesting to the right audience. 
On that same note, you guys have worked with some of the biggest brands out there. So like AARP, Shutterstock, Cox Communications, SodaStream. I mean, the list goes on and on. You have been helping them tell their stories. Is there a story from a brand that really sticks out to you or a favorite one or one that you go back to for inspiration a lot? No, one that I think about a lot is, uh, you know, in the early days of the the company, when we were, we started preaching this idea of, you know, don't just make, uh, you know, make content, make stories, you know, connect with people in a really human way. One of the first examples that I remember one of our clients doing was uh, when American Express started working with us years ago, five and a half years ago. Um, they had one of the first stories they produced was about uh, dining in the dark dining, um, and uh, which is basically this trend of restaurants will turn the lights out and you have to you have this food experience where you can only taste, you can't see your food and you can only taste it. And, uh, and the cool part of this story, so they were talking about small business owners that were doing this dark dining thing for events and how it's a good way to, uh, you know, to get attention for your restaurant business. And this is this thing that American Express cared about. The cool part of the story is that uh, they talked about how these restaurants were employing blind people as the servers and as the, as the, uh, the staff to conduct these, uh, these dinners and incorporating that element of the story. And, and it basically telling the story of, uh, you know, it's, you, you, you can't imagine what it's like to be blind if you're not blind. And, and yet here's a really cool job. And in these high end restaurants that are giving blind people opportunities, uh, to work. And, uh, like that was cool. And that was something that, that I still remember all these years later as a, you know, a great example of, uh, bringing a human element into what otherwise could have been, you know, a boring story about using merchant credit card services in your restaurant business or whatever. You know, it's funny is I actually think I remember that. And I remember that being incredibly powerful. That's a that's a really good one. Joe. It was a cool one. Yeah. Joe, how about you? Any favorites that come to mind? And one of my favorites was, so Marriott's one of our clients and uh, they want to launch a travel magazine for some of their key markets. So they wanted to create this magazine, Marriott Traveler. Um, and I think what a lot of brands do is say you want to create a travel magazine about New Orleans, they would just publish articles that are like the top 10 bars on Bourbon Street, which if you Google it, there's probably 350,000 results of that same listicle written all over again. Um, but instead, they went out and used our network to find really great like local influencers who knew all the cool like speakeasies and hotspots in New Orleans uh, and who would go out and do like undercover video series talking to psychics. And it was just tapped into the city in such a more real way. Like it felt like it was coming from a brand that lived there, that spent their time there, that cared about the city. Um, and it's been hugely successful. They've gone from, you know, a couple cities. They launched with New Orleans, Chicago, and Orlando with us. Now they're in dozens of cities all over the world with the local editions of this magazine. They're in multiple languages. And it's just how they tap into the, the heart and the authentic culture of every single city um, is something that's been amazing to see from, you know, remembering that project as a pipe dream a few years ago to seeing how it's blown up today is, is just awesome. And that's, I think, has been especially rewarding for us at Contently is the ability to, you know, work with clients for years and years and see how they're adapting to the different trends in content marketing, to the different challenges that come in their business and still find ways to tell stories that 
resonate with people in a real way and are different than the generic crap that the rest of their competitors are putting out. Yeah, I, I love both of those examples that, that each of you have there. And what I really want to do is kind of find out the recipe that, that you've identified that makes each of these memorable, still gets the brand in there. And we're going to do that right after this short break to hear from some of the sponsors who make the Content Experience Podcast possible. Right back here after the break. Hey, everybody, this is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, reminding you that the Content Experience Show is sponsored by Uberflip, a cloud-based platform that helps marketers like you create personalized content experiences to showcase the content you've created. You, not IT, you can easily create engaging content hubs that your audiences will love. I use it all the time. My team uses it all the time. With Uberflip, you'll deploy content faster, accelerate your lead gen, and enable your sales team with personalized content throughout the sales cycle. Go to uberflip.com slash pros. That's uberflip.com slash pros to find out how you can show your company that the content experience matters. The show is also brought to you by my team and I at Convince and Convert Consulting. We're a digital marketing analysis firm that works with leading brands to keep their content marketing ahead of customer expectations. We work with you to plot your current content program on a five-stage maturity map and then optimize your content marketing over time to level up again and again. Find out how Convince and Convert Consulting can make your content marketing better. Visit convinceandconvert.com slash consulting. That's convinceandconvert.com slash consulting. Now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Content Experience Podcast. Today, we're talking to Shane Snow and Joe Lazowska from Contently. Now, we have been talking to them about storytelling, and it's perfect timing because they have actually collaborated on an amazing book that's coming out next month called The Storytelling Edge, How to Transform Your Business, Stop screaming into the void and make people love you. Can you guys give us a little bit of more, a little bit more information about this book and sort of how you've compiled all of your years of tips and tricks and storytelling information into this great guide? Sure. So the book is about the art and science of storytelling and how to use it to transform your business. Uh, but as you alluded to, even more than that, it's us revealing all the secrets that we've learned the last seven years at Contently, uh, building our own company through great stories from just being, you know, a few people subletting from a subletter hiding in the back of a Google office in Chelsea, uh, while also helping some of the biggest brands in the world, Amex, GE, Chase, Mint, Marriott, build their content marketing programs. One of the things that uh, that we really uh, have honed in on over the years is how stories uh, aren't just good for marketing. They're not just good for for getting customers, you know, for your content marketing, but they're actually a very good way to connect to an audience in any presentation or any sales meeting, um, any kind of cold outreach. Uh, as humans, we share stories to get to know each other and to get to trust each other. So you think about you meet someone new, you know, say at a meetup or you go on a first date or whatever, what you do is you sit down and you share stories about your life and uh, or about what's going on or you talk about the stories that you just saw in the movie theater and that this is a great way to connect with people. So part of what we wanted to do with this book is infuse all of that uh, and weave that into also the, you know, the message that, that we've preached for a long time about marketing, about stories 
are great for helping you connect with an audience, but that audience doesn't just have to be a, a marketing audience. It can be any audience that your business cares about, your own employees, uh, people that you want to recruit, investors that you want to get on your side, the press itself, um, and your marketing audience. And so that's, uh, that's kind of how uh, the Storytelling Edge came about, is it's a culmination of all of our research and learnings on uh, around all of that. Yeah, I think one of the real catalysts for us was looking at landscape, right? We don't have to convince anyone listening to this podcast that content is important or storytelling is important, but still a lot of the content that marketers are putting out and brands are putting out just isn't very good. There's a lot of mediocre content out there. There's a lot of copycat content, the same BS five ways to use social media to grow your small business listicles. Um, and that's why study came out last year that 5% of all branded content gets 90% of engagement. So there's a few brands that are doing content really well. And a lot of people who are just kind of mediocre or not very good at it. Um, and they're not breaking through. So in this book, we're trying to bridge the gap, uh, teach you the art and science of great storytelling, storytelling, and then walk you through how to actually find that unique story that your brand can own. Um, using incredible content marketing technology, leveraging your own passion and knowledge, and some of the formulas that the best storytellers on earth have used for hundreds of years. So one of the things that I love that you guys do is you do talk about the art and the science behind it. And one of the things I really want to ask you guys about is what sort of science you actually used um, and discovered with storytelling. And, you know, were there some huge studies that you used or any kind of you know, interesting facts that popped up that just kind of blew your minds. I really love that you guys go into the science part. So uh, don't want to give away too much, but a big part of the book is drilling into what happens in our brains when we experience a story, whether we hear it or we read it or we see it. And, uh, and not just sort of the psychology of stories, uh, which we do get into, but also the neuroscience of stories. And explain a little bit about that. I can tell you about uh, the last time I cried, if that's okay, if that's not too inappropriate for this podcast. Never, never inappropriate. All right. So not a big crier, but uh, maybe a month and a half ago, I cried. Uh, and it was watching a piece of branded content while hooked up to a brain scanning device. So I went to, uh, and this is the sort of thing that, that we, uh, we do throughout the book is uh, these kinds of, uh, of studies and, and even some self-experiments and, uh, and studies that we conducted. I went to this laboratory of this guy who's a neuroeconomist. He studies uh, what happens in our brains when we make the decisions that we make. And, uh, and he strapped me up to this machine that measures a uh, neurochemical called oxytocin, which uh, for years and years and years, we just thought this chemical was uh, one of many random chemicals in our brain and that maybe it had something to do with, uh, with childbirth. And that was it. And what this neuroeconomist discovered is that this is the neurochemical responsible for empathy. It was about 10 years ago that his lab discovered this. And, uh, and so then they embarked on this series of experiments to determine what is it that generates empathy in human beings? What causes us to create this chemical, this oxytocin that makes you care about someone else? And so uh, I went to his laboratory uh, recently, and, uh, and they hooked me up to this machine that measures how much oxytocin you have in your blood. And then they had me watch this YouTube video by HP. And the video, it, the summary is, you can look it up. Uh, it's, I think, Little Moments is the name of it. But it's basically this dad who he's going to work and on his way to work, he says hi to his kids and he has his teenage daughter who's kind of crappy and, and she rolls her eyes at him. And, you know, he's trying to connect with his kids. And then on his way out the door, he takes a selfie with this, uh, this HP kind of Polaroid camera. 
with the daughter and she's like, ah, dad. Anyway, so she goes to school, she opens her lunchbox and there's a, a note from her dad saying, I love you uh, with this little selfie Polaroid. And, uh, and she, you know, hides it from her friends. And uh, so the dad comes home from work and, uh, and, you know, he says hi to his, his son who's playing video games, says hi to his daughter. She's got headphones and she ignores him. And you see kind of the weight of, uh, you know, this father's, uh, you know, kind of mood on his shoulders. And he goes into his daughter's room and he looks around at the signs that his little girl is growing up. You know, she has makeup now. She has a vanity, you know, this, uh, this precious child of his. And you can see that he's kind of sad. And, uh, and he, he sits down on her bed and kind of sighs. And then he lays down, he looks up at the ceiling, which has this kind of bunk bed situation. And when he looks up at the ceiling, he sees that she has taped up all of these photos that he's taken with her over the years since she was a little girl, including the photo that they took today. And she's been hiding them on the ceiling of her bed. And at this point, I started crying, started tearing up. And, uh, and, and if you watch it, you, you probably will too. It's a very powerful uh, video. And, uh, and what this uh, brain scanning device showed is every time I had a little sort of spurt of either I was paying more attention to the story or starting, I had some amount of feelings for this father. You know, every time the daughter was shitty to the, the dad, uh, you know, there's a little spike uh, in my oxytocin. And at the very end, there's this huge spike where I got emotional. And even though I'm not a father, um, I related to this guy. I wanted to give him a hug. I wanted to call my dad after this. And it was this very human story. And so all of this, uh, you know, this is one of the things that, that we go into, the kinds of things that can get you to have that reaction, that can make you care enough to want to take an action, um, are the kinds of things that, that we get into. But it's all about getting people to feel an emotion in a strong way and to, uh, to feel like they can relate to someone. Um, and, uh, and so we go through all of these principles of uh, what are the kinds of elements of stories that get you to do that, you know, uh, what your brain looks like when it, uh, you experience novelty in a story, how to balance novelty with that relatability and familiarity, uh, how tension plays a very crucial role. And you'll notice in the, the story of the dad and the daughter, there's this amount of tension of, you know, is the relationship with, uh, within this family, you know, going to be okay? Is he going to be sad? You know, is she going to be jerk to him? You know, is she going to grow up and, 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 you know, leave the, the nest and things have changed? And then kind of that surprise resolution all of those things that, that cause us to breathe a sigh of relief, but also cause us to feel a stirring of emotion. Those are the kinds of things that make you remember the story and want to tell people about it. And also uh, the kinds of things that make you care about the characters in the story, which in this case, you know, it's crazy to think that one of the characters in the story is this, uh, this little HP camera. But I remember the camera because I remember the story and then that it was part, it was woven into a story about human beings that I could relate to. I love that. Uh, I mean, I, I was a little teary there. I mean, maybe that's because I've got young kids, but I, I think that's, that is the recipe that we, we fall in love with when we watch Disney movies. It's that story arc, as you said, as it builds tension and the resolution and you know, the buildup that, that comes from that. So I, I think you're, you're dead on there in terms of that being a key part of the recipe. And I, I think both Anna and I here at, at the content experience would actually call that part of the experience, right? It's as, as the two of you said, and yeah, I mean, we can almost finish this you know conversation by just all, you know, putting in, you know, a thumbs up at the same time of, of saying, listen, it's not enough anymore just to put out a piece of content. 
we need to find a way to actually connect with our audience in a, in a meaningful manner. Yeah, even just hearing that, I teared up a little bit too and realized that I did not call my, ba- my dad back yesterday. I don't know. And now I feel super, super guilty about it. <laughs> awesome, guys. So this has been a lot of fun. If you guys have a couple of minutes to stick around, we're going to have a little bit of fun and get to know the two of you better personally outside of this. Maybe we'll find out some of your own stories and then we'll wrap up on this episode of The Content Experience. All right, guys, so we've got a little bit more time here. We've got about three minutes left, and we want the best personal story that each of you have about each other. All right, now we've we've already talked about the pizza, so we can't go to the pizza, um, but we're going to get Joe to give a personal story about Shane and Shane to give a personal story about Joe, one that wants us to learn more by buying the book. All right, who's up first? It's actually started, it starts with a different Joe, this guy, Jola, who worked on our sales team. So it was uh, October, November 1st of 2014. I went to work on a, a Saturday. I uh, did some work for the blog. And Jolo, it's like this very friendly, like Italian dude from Jersey, friendliest guy in the world. And uh, he came up to uh, our, came up to the office when I was there working and he was like, Bro, next year I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start working for Halloween next year already. I'm gonna get real jacked. I'm gonna grow my hair out, and I'll be a centaur. And and he did it. So he he worked out like crazy the entire year. He didn't cut his hair. He grew his hair out. Uh, he ended up actually opening our San Francisco office, and he hand built this centaur costume. Um, and wanted to go compete in the biggest costume party. Um, costume. Uh, contest slash party in the world at Marquee in Vegas. And Halloween is uh, two days after my birthday. So Shane helped put a trip together for my birthday for us all to go out there to celebrate my birthday and support Jolo. Surprise Jolo even. Yeah. And surprise Jolo and surprise me too. Like I got to the airport and I had an issue with my ticket and I turned around and Shane and the rest of my friends were wearing a a shirt with uh, my face on it and shows kind of like kind of shows the guy that he is. Um, so we go there and uh, we have to like drag Jolo's heavy centaur costume to marquee and we get there too late to get in. Um, but then Shane goes and helps negotiate getting like 10 people into this pool party. So Jolo can realize his dream. But unfortunately uh, we ended up losing to a, giant 12 foot uh transformer robot that can turn into a car wow which we just simply did not just and i feel like they bought that cause you know the centaur was a year of of uh you know taking vitamins to make your hair grow and you know and love i i feel like it was he was robbed if, if only it came down to the story you told about the costume you guys would have had it i mean that is a real personal investment that's not just like building a costume that is personally investing in your costume it, it really is so i'll share a, a costume story about joe um but it's really about joe getting back to his roots so when contently was a young company um we started this tradition of every new employee uh, we, we do a, you know, a quarterly state of contently. And if you're new that quarter, then you have to perform a talent or tell a story. That's a revealing story about yourself. And this is kind of how we get to know people and, and break the ice. And it's, it's usually pretty fun. And, uh, Joe 
for his debuted a uh, a character known as Joey Laser, which is is also Joe's uh, unofficial nickname, which is basically I think Joe when he was in high school. So he came out in a pink tank top and uh, a Bud Light Lime, cracked open the BLL and uh, and gave a uh, basically a parody content marketing keynote speech all in uh, his Jersey Shore accent. And, uh, and after that, uh, we would just realize that, uh, you know, that he had to do that every time. And so for years, when we do our state of contently, it's actually stopped now because we have hundreds of people and there's too many talents to go through. Um, but for years, the state of contently, we gotta be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The financials, the, you know, this and that, but when do we get to Joey Laser making fun of ourselves and our industry? And uh, I think Joe has this talent for um, for keeping things real in a way that uh, that makes you you want to keep working. And so yeah, he's uh, he's done well at that. But we you know between these stories, we realized that uh, that we needed to buy you know several thousand dollars worth of wigs and costumes between us and uh, and just wear them whenever possible. Guys, those are great stories. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like right now we could easily make the plug something about coming to work at Contently just for the Halloween season alone. But instead, what we'll do is we'll we'll finish this podcast by, by letting everyone know that if they've enjoyed some of the stories, they've enjoyed some of the recipes for success that they've learned from the two of you, they can check out the Storytelling Edge. It's available on Amazon. If they simply search on Amazon for the Storytelling Edge, they'll be able to find the book. Uh, buy the book, be entertained, and ultimately become a better marketer who thinks about that entire content experience. On behalf of Anna, I'm Randy at Uberflip. The two of us have really appreciated everyone tuning in, and we hope that you'll continue to find all of our other episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you enjoy to find your podcasts. Thanks again for tuning in. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.